Welcome to the Raising Real Estate Standards Podcast with your hosts, Brian and Mark Mann. So in the past couple of weeks, we've seen some major changes um, in our market, um, some that are uh, man-made and some that are just a natural progression of, of you know, reactions. Um, interest rates uh, by the federal government have increased and are sketched to increase um, over the next number of months, which has caused mortgage rates, not directly, but mortgage rates have, have increased drastically as well. Um, and what does this mean for you? What is, you know, how is this going to affect you? Well, you know, when, uh, drastic changes happen, there are typically, you know, big swings in the market and, uh, um, it's not all, all bad, but it's not all good. Um, sometimes we just need to adjust and, uh, um, um, you know, adjust our communication styles, adjust what we're saying to our clients as uh, as we're looking to navigate this market. Yeah, so um, it's all about expectations. So take a step back and think about what we've uh, what we've encountered in the market over the last little bit. You know, um, uh, offers coming in, multiple offers, 10, 15, 20 offers on a property, um, way over asking price. Uh, selling for due diligence uh, money being exorbitant. You know, those things, those can't last forever, weren't going to last forever. And now we're getting back to where it is supposed to be. Absolutely. So, you know, three months ago, we were getting, as you said, 15, 20 offers on a property. Um, You know, ask, you know, um, contract prices, 15, 20, 30% over ask price. Um, Non-refundable deposits, as you mentioned, due diligence fees. This is non-refundable money people are putting down before they even really get in to see what the house is all about. You know, 20, 40, 100, $200,000 in non-refundable just for the potential to get into a deal. Um, And those are all unsustainable things. And then, you know, when you couple that with the data of inflation that we're going through, um, the the changes that were made, the changes in the federal government's uh, fund rate from the from the Fed, um, all of these big shifts are causing some some changes. And, you know, they're not all bad. Um, You know, we were sitting here, you know, eight months ago, you know, and asking ourselves, God, I wish things would get back to normal. Well, normal doesn't happen, you know, in a, in a real slow pattern most of the time. Most of the time it's really swift and, and, and it's like, you know, coming in with a sledgehammer and cutting stuff off. And so things take a shift. So that's okay. So things are shifting. We had a conversation with um, uh, an agent uh, this week and um, this person sat down and said, uh, you know, things are changing. Things change really quick. And I said, yeah, well, tell us about it. What do you mean? So I put this house on the market. It is priced very well. I had all the marketing on point, professional photos. Uh, I had everything dialed in, everything, you know, spent a lot of time, had it staged. The house looked fantastic. And I put it on the market and did all the marketing. And in the first day, first weekend, I had, you know, four or five showings, no offers, and it just completely flabbergasted her. Well, it, long story short, the, the the property sold, you know, four or five days later, multiple offers, and that was all, you know, everything went well. It sold over ask price. But 
the anticipation that things are slowing down, that things aren't going to have 100 people lining up at the street dragging out to view this property are adjusting. Um, and so it's important for us, those that are working with sellers, um, to prepare and adjust our conversations. The conversation are not, hey, what do you think we can get the buyers up to? It's more of, okay, we need to position your house perfectly and congratulations because guess what? You wanted to time the market and you did it. You timed it at probably one of the highest points in re- you know in perspective because things are cooling off, but they're not going down. So it's still a good market. So you're going to be able to capitalize on this. So we really need to prepare how to get your house out there and get the most money for it. Yeah, it's really all about the, the expectations again. Um, you know, uh, Joe homebuyer or Sally home seller out there um, knows kind of what's going on. But as we as real estate agents, the professionals in the business, we kind of have our finger on the pulse and we know what's going on. So it's about us having these conversations with our clients to, to manage their expectation in what's going on right now. Absolutely. So, so with that, what are the conversations we need to have with our home sellers? Um, and then we'll, we'll then we'll switch and we'll have the conversation. What are our conversations with our home buyers? But first, let's talk about the home sellers. Um, my suggestion, and let's just dig into the to the meat of it. You should be first of all uh, congratulating them that they are choosing the best time to sell their house because it is now still the best time to sell their house. Um, prices are not going down; they're still going up. Um, and so reassuring them that they pick the right time and then shifting the conversation to the expectations, as Brian said, um, you know, Mr. Home Seller, you know, right now we're, we're prices are fantastic. However, you know, the interest rates, you're seeing this happen. You're watching the news. The number of buyers that are flooding into the houses has scaled back a little bit. So what we have to do, one, we have to get your house in the most pristine shape as possible. We can't just give the buyer a a messy product, a messy house, not put together. Um, And also when we do put it out there and we do get it on the market, um, be prepared that it may take, you know, a little bit longer than what the, what you've been seeing on TV. Um, you know, you might not get 25 offers in the first 30 minutes of you putting it on the market. That's okay. That's not normal. And guess what? What does that provide the ability to do? It provides those buyers that are coming to look at your house to really get in there and look at it and making sure that they're making a good decision. And typically what that means is a more smooth transaction process. So it's okay. Don't freak out. Don't freak out if you don't get a million offers. That's okay. We just need one. A million people can't buy your house. 20 people can't buy your house. One person can buy your house. I would say there's two conversations that I've heard um, from newer agents. We've kind of talked about a little bit. And if you if you take a step back, the more seasoned agents that have been in the business for a while, um, they understand this because this is kind of what happens in normal markets. But the newer ones will have these conversations and they'll be like, tell me more about that. That's interesting. First off is you have to price your house. You got to be better at pricing your listing. You've got to be accurate at pricing your listing. Uh, over the last year and a half, two years, 
we've been able to essentially push the market. You can put a house on the market essentially for any price. You're going to get multiple offers over value. If you're pushing the market, you're going to get them to come in around your area because there was no inventory. There was nothing else out there. There, now all that is changing. Now you're back to, I've got to accurately price this house in order in order for it to sell uh, efficiently and effectively in, in, in a timely manner. Um, for example, you know, the, the, they say, if what, what happens if you don't price it effective or uh, right? Then it's going to sit on the market a, uh, longer. And then the longer it sits on the market, your most important time are your first two weeks on the market. Right? Most definitely. So so if it stays on the market longer than that, what happens? People start to question what's wrong with it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So those are the th- those are the kind of things you've got to be focused on and, and communicating to your client. One of the other ones, which this one really took me back because, I mean, we've been in the business 25-plus years, and um, this was one of the cardinal rules you uh, you took when you were uh, talking with your seller upon uh, offer negotiations. And what is that? Never reject your first offer. We've just gone through a time where we could easily reject our first offer. Yeah, because it, they, they were, there were 12 other offers sitting behind it. Exactly, exactly. For one reason or another, I don't know what it is, but in, in times of normalcy, in a normal market, when you get that first offer... I'm not saying take it. What I'm saying is if you just reject it because you absolutely just don't like what it's coming in at, then there's a good chance you're not going to get another offer. So, you know, you put pen to paper, you start going back and forth, you know, nine times out of ten, you're going to be able to work out that deal, you know, to everybody's. It's a win-win for everybody. So, So those are two conversations that we haven't been having that we've got to start having. Absolutely. So I mean, so when you get that first offer, let's kind of dig a little, dig a little bit deeper than that. Um, you have to look at it as as okay. That's an, that's a qualified buyer that wants to buy your house. And if you can't reach an agreement on price for whatever reason, whether it's just a straight out uh, no, or whether you guys tried to negotiate and couldn't get there. When that first offer goes away, you've basically told yourself, the, the seller has told themselves, we're making an investment that in ourselves and in our house that our house is worth more. Well, there's a possibility that there's not going to be someone to come along to make that same good offer that the seller did. So there's a loss, there's a potential loss of the next one that comes in that comes in shorter. And times change. Maybe we need to go ahead and move, and then we take a we take less for. So those are things we have to consider when we're having conversations um, right now, um, just because the market is adjusting. Um, so let's 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 flip the script. Let's let's flip the script here for a second. Um, seller conversation is important. You got to hone in on the, you know these are these are scripts, dialogues. These are these are things that you need to have in your repertoire so you can make them feel good about the process that they're going under. Not in a hokey way, but it's important because now is a great time to for people to sell. It's mm-hmm. still a great time for people to sell. They just need to emotionally feel good about the process, and it's your job to 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 provide that sense of comfort. Mm-hmm. So flip gears. Um, buyers. So, you know, buyers are, have been just beat up and have gone through the juggernaut for the past 18 months. And there's a lot of them that just 
flat out pulled themselves out of the market. Signed, mm-hmm. signed a lease. Said, "I'm just gonna, I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna go and just, I'm gonna live here for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna live with mom for whatever it may be." But they're out of the market. They're out of the game. It's now time to re-engage some of these people. Maybe they were unable to purchase in this market. Maybe they just did not have the of, of availability of cash and liquidity to be able to buy in this market in the price point that they want to buy. Those things are adjusting. It's time to re-engage those folks. It's time to educate them that there's now an opportunity. Those that could only get FHA loans, VA loans, and 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 um, those that were competing with cash, they're now back in the game. Re-engage those people. So, what are those conversations that you need to be having with uh, uh, buyers right now? So, well, the first thing is is when you do bring somebody back in to the to the market, understand they were looking before. If they were looking before. Um, what they could afford, assuming that their um, uh, uh, purchase point is not any much greater than it was before. You're assuming everything's kind of the same. They can't buy as much as they could a year ago sure, because the rates have gone up so much. So uh, not to be negative about it, it just it is what it is. So you're going to have to have that conversation with that buyer. Agents, you've done, you've seen this before. You've, you've taken an, a, a buyer out in a price point that's more um, than what they could afford with their loan that they were getting. And what would happen? And, and probably because you didn't know uh, the difference, but what, what, what would happen? Then you take them down to where, they're, where they need to be, and they can't find anything they want because they've seen everything over and above. So that is a conversation that we're going to have to have with these buyers because over the last, you know, two months, that price point in which they can afford has adjusted. Absolutely. And, and that, that is a truth regardless of who you're working with. You know, a, a $100,000 purchaser really wants a $150,000 house. A $300,000 purchaser really wants a $400,000 house. An $800,000 purchaser really wants a million-dollar house. A million and a half wants a $4 million house. It is just the nature of it. We always want more than what we can afford. So it's our job to really hone in, talk to the, the lender, have a, have a good conversation with the uh, lending professional that's helping your client out, and know where they stand. You know, we need to know where they're, what, what you know, how much they can afford to put down, where they can be, you know, what type of loan they're getting. All that's important. And now that you're going to engage them, so those may seem like um, negatives. They're not really negatives. It's just due diligence on our part as agents. But now, once we get this, let's pull that aside. We know all this information about the buyer. Now we get to have the positive conversation with our buyer, which is, hey, guys, guess what? We're in a situation where you come back into play. You, people are looking to sell their house to you because there's a lot of people that have uh, come out of the market. And so not only do you have the ability to go see four, five, seven houses in a day versus one in 15 minutes because it just came on the market, you can go do a buyer tour but you can go back and there, here's a wild concept. You can look at a house one day and there is a potential that you can go the next day and relook at it with a different set of eyes. 
That is a huge, huge advantage that buyers have not had for so for so long. But it's so important, and it's going to be a great advantage for them to make sure that they're getting the right house for them, that they're not overextending themselves. You know, when they first looked at the house, all they could see was the granite countertops, the new uh, paint, everything was just flashy. They go back in for the second time, they see the crack in the wall. They see the 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 the, the fallacies in the property. So they can really find out if this is what they want to tackle. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you another one, too, that, you know, conversation between agent and and buyer client now that it's not get me in this house put this offer in as quick as possible let's just do this do 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 like that um those agents that like to work on a relationship level versus a transactional level this is going to be your time to shine you can spend more time getting to know your clients, what their needs are, what they, well, you know, the, the things they're looking for in their, in their purchase. You can start to develop that relationship to be their, um, their provider of services when it comes around um, um, home purchasing and, and, and just home, home uh, ownership in general. And what that's going to do, it's going to open the door. So this is also a lead generation conversation. You're going to get more referral leads from buyers typically than you are from sellers because they are always in love with you because you are helping them with the home. There's not a whole lot negative that can happen on the home purchase side until possibly you get into the contract. Um, on the home seller side, a little bit different. You know, if you haven't sold sold their house today, I'm, I'm, I'm still a little skeptical. But on the home purchasing side, that is a time to really, really hone in on that relationship you're building with that person. Absolutely. So let's take that down. So um, opportunities uh, in, a, in a market that is um, – the pace is slowing. I don't want to say the market's slowing down, but the pace of the market is slowing. Um, provides opportunity for you to really engage your clients in the communication to, one, make sure their satisfaction is Mm top-notch, that you're providing the best service. But two, really dig into that relationship and being able to pull those referrals out of the the relationship and and, and invite those referrals coming from those clients. Um, Now, does that happen via a text message? Not typically. Not typically. So I say that, and I'm going to kind of lead in with with this. Folks, it is time to up your communication game. Our clients deserve it. Mm -hmm. This is one of the biggest transactions that most of them will ever go through. Mm -hmm. Pick up the phone and call them. We have technology. Get on a Zoom or a Google meeting and see them face-to-face. Have an intimate conversation. Sit down at a coffee table with these folks uh, and, 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 and engage them because these are very complex conversations. And in the past, we, we've had to, because of the pace of the market, send a quick text message. Hey, this one's available. You want it? Yep, let's do it. Let's go look at it. Boom. Here's what I'm offering. Boom. Well, I'm going to get the paperwork sent to you and everything's done. I talked real fast right there. Because that was the pace of the market. Mm -hmm. The pace of the market is going to slow down. Our clients are going to want to slow down. It's up to us to match where they want to be and provide them that service. If you don't have the skill set of engaging your clients, 
talking on the phone, interpersonal skills, it's time to work on it. Those are skills that are not, that, that may come naturally to some people, but they are skills that you can learn and get better at every single day. You just have to practice. Yeah, I, I would also argue, too, that this shift that we're uh, going through is going to change the way we do business. Um it's we've been we've essentially been doing business transactionally for the last probably five years. There's been some relational business going on, but it's been mostly transact and it's gotten more and more transactional as that time's going on. Meaning this past year, it's been mostly transactional. Right. Um, you're going to see that shift happen as well. This whole idea of of lead comes in, I help this person. I get this transaction done, that person goes away, new lead comes in, and, and, and that whole idea, it's still going to be there, but it's not going to be as prominent in the market. People want to work with people they know. This is, Real estate is a relationship game, and I think people have forgotten that. Absolutely, and COVID did not, nothing but exasperate that situation. While it was happening prior to COVID, um, COVID really exasperated because the ability of people just cocooning in their world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and there's no question. And and as we've gone on and we've talked uh, a lot about this, these are com- uh, common conversations that we have. Um, you know, cold lead generation, lead purchasing, those are all there. They're all going to be part of the business. However, as you and I both know, the return on investment of the cold lead generation versus the return on the investment of a relationship-based, referral-based business is night and day. I mean, you you spend far more time running a transactional lead, cold lead-based business than you ever would do if you just put a, a, a past client and sphere of influence uh, system in place to help cultivate those that you like. And that like you. Yeah. Um, so uh, the market's shifting. Are you shifting with it? Um, you know, I hope so. Um, because if you're not, there's a good chance you might get left behind. We don't want to see that. Uh, hope you guys have a fantastic uh, week and we'll see you next time. You've just listened to another episode of the Raising Real Estate Standards podcast. If you've benefited from what you've heard, please subscribe. We would really appreciate it if you rated, reviewed, and shared this episode. You can contact us at RaisingRealEstateStandards.com, email us at info at RaisingRealEstateStandards.com, and you can find us on your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all under the heading of Raising Real Estate Standards. 